Movies and Booze, I'm Moncrief on News Talk. Movies and Booze on Moncrief with Marks and Spencer. This is not just food, this is MS food. A martini, shaken monster. Of all the gin joints in all the world, she walks into mine. Just to remind you, Movies and Booze going back on the road and we want you to join us. Sean will be broadcasting from the Sugar Club on Dublin's Leeson Street next Friday, July the 8th. There'll be live music, great guests and of course our panel of connoisseurs. Uh, there's no better way to get your weekend going than an afternoon of crack and entertainment. Tickets are free but you need to register to get your place and they will move very, very fast indeed. So go to newstalk.com forward slash events to register and uh, Sean and the gang will see you there next Friday. Uh, but we mentioned the connoisseurs which I must say was a lovely little reference to uh, Dean McGuinness, Fanula Jones and Arlene Hunt joining us this week to take a look at uh, beer and, and chat and also films. You're all very welcome. Hi Thank guys. You. Thank you. Lovely to see you. I was saying you, you managed to miss the Bono lad. I know. You've no idea how close. I regret this. <laughs> <laughs> he's still around town, so you still might get a chance. You know? Yeah, I was. I was hoping that I because I was listening just on the way up and uh, passing by the door as you were finishing the interview, and I was wondering when I get past, but missed him. Yeah, it, it's absolutely it's jaw dropping the resemblance. And he was saying that sometimes people will get really quite emotional with them and say, you know, I've I've had you know sadness in my family, whatever. And he can, at that point he can't tell them. He can't say. Can you not break character? I'm not then? really him. At that point they've kind of he's given them a lift and he doesn't want to you know oh, break okay. that little bond now so he has to kind of go along with it and just say well I'm glad I was able to say something to help in my American accent <laughs> <laughs> with, with my absolutely perfect Californian teeth <laughs> that's a dead giveaway <laughs> we don't have dental hair like that in Ireland no way <laughs> right so um, so Dean what have we got this week we are tasting Keller beer uh, so Keller beer is literally cellar beer in German. Uh, they're also known as Vickles. And it is a beer that is brewed and packaged to taste as if it has been tasted out of the tank at the brewery. So it's an unfiltered beer. There's a bit more body to it. Both brewed as a lager. One of them is, uh, our first one is a Bitburger um, uh, dry hopped Zwickel, which is brewed by Bitburger Brewery in collaboration with Deschutes, which is an American craft brewery from uh, Oregon in the USA. And the second one is Eyinger Keller beer from South Bavaria. Very good. And I'm just a bit lost on the, the, the tasting it as if it just came from the, the cellar. I have a yes. vision of a man lying on the ground opening a tap. <laughs> well, that's, that's literally how the first Keller beers would have, have right. been tasted. You would have got into the brewery and literally gone to a tap. So that's where Zwickel comes from. Zwickel is a, a German term for the tap on the side of the tank. And right. people. So would what's have. the difference between it then and most beers? Not, you know. Yeah, well, with, with a lot of beers, they can be filtered. So um, this is uh, brewed and and unfiltered and packaged. Uh, now, some unfiltered beers would be bottle conditioned beers. So they would be beers where they're unfiltered and then the last bit of conditioning happens in the bottle. So it oh, goes okay. through and develops its carbonation. In the case of this, the, carb- the uh, conditioning has happened in the tank, but it's packaged as an unfiltered beer. Uh, and then so Is that a bit more rough and ready? It's, it's a more body to it, more proteins. Uh, yeast is still in it, so it, it uh, can appear quite cloudy. Um, my... Uh, 
um, glass here is from the end of the can, so there'll be a bit of the east in that, and it'll appear cloudy, and then also some cloudiness from proteins okay. from the hops. Look forward to it. And uh, Arlene, what have you offered us this week? Okay, so we've got um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, which is the the latest Marvel film uh, following the, the adventures of uh, Doctor Strange, obviously. And uh, then we've got a Doctor film. Doctor Strange called was massive, wasn't it? It was huge. It was really, really big. Um, but then all of the Marvel movies yeah, are, are. are fairly huge, you know. Um, Nine hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, wow. like that's a that's that's a lot of that's a lot of change. Mm, it is <laughs> a God. lot of change. So we're going to get loads of these, basically. Yeah, and they're going to keep pumping these out yeah. because they make money, and that's that's the long and short of it. And then we have the Black Phone, which is a kind of an indie horror um, uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, with, uh, starring Ethan Hawke, uh, Mason Thames, Madeleine McGraw, and James uh, Renos. Who's everyone would probably know him as Dewey from. Uh, Justified, Dewey sure. Crow, and uh, and that's uh, a kind of an, a setback. It's set in the sort of nineteen seventies. Uh, it's very. It, it almost feels like the like the build up of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is actually mentioned in the movie as well. It's kind of grainy. The kids are seventies kids. Okay. Um. So there's no kids can't be tracked by mobile phones or they don't have access to things. So when stories go around about this guy called Grabber, who's taking all these children, like you know. These kids are terrified. They're actually frightened out of their wits about it, but they sort of deal with it as 1970s kids okay. would. It's a, it's a good, it's an interesting film. Less safety nets for them. No safety nets no for them. <laughs> good. I love a good scary one. And in in the world of, of uh, stories that are going around in the uh, business, we're all talking about Stranger Things and the star in there, Billy Bobby Brown. Is this the next thing she's going to be doing? Her next big project, yeah, that she signed up with. Uh, so it's with Netflix, another blockbuster. We're talking about uh, Marvel. So it's the Russo brothers um, who did the last two Avengers, that's Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, they're on to direct um, and it's an adaptation of uh, a novel called The Electric State. Um, so she's in it. I think Chris Pratt is like looking to be confirmed. Huge, huge budget attached to this. So this was originally, I think it was it was kind of being chopped around and basically Netflix have forked out for it um, because of the budget so it was like upwards of $200 million really? yeah like crazy money and this isn't the only thing like I keep mentioning The Grey Man which is due for release I'm pretty sure it's this month and if it's not this month it's next month it's like Ryan Gosling Reggae Jean Page I called him the nice Chris the other day to someone else I meant Chris Evans because I couldn't remember um, they spent about that amount on that movie as well like and that's another like big mega action blockbuster um, so we can ex- I'm not sure when we can expect the Electric State production begins in October but basically the story is a uh, there's this orphan teenager who Millie Bobby Brown will play and she's like traversing the American West um, and it's with this like mysterious robot um, and this other kind of eccentric drifter guy and she's trying to find her brother essentially. So, I've read it. It's really, oh, have you? Yeah, yeah, I've right. read it. It's really, really mm. good. It's uh, If you can kind of think of a, a dystopian, an even more dystopian The Road. Okay. Even more dystopian I, 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 the road. I use my words carefully. An even more dystopian, That's dystopian. There you uh, go. version of the of the road. What do you think of the casting then? I, I'll, I'll wait to see. It'll be interesting to see because it's. It, I imagine it's quite a difficult book to film. Um, you know, and it's like the story is amazing. The story is brilliant, and if you see it, it's it, you know it's a it's all it's all drawings. Basically, the whole issue it's a graphic uh, a graphic oh, right. uh, cartoon, and it's just incredible. And it, there's so many little parallels with us and our phones. Like a lot of the people in in I'm not giving any of the plot away. The, the people in uh, get very involved, and they kind of they're they stop interacting with other people. 
do a lot of the degree and it gets oh kind of sucked God. into these things. It's very, very good. It's really, really good. It's a, br- it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant book. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's well worth like hanging, handing over a few shekels for it if you mm. get a chance. It's really good. So it'll be interesting to see what, what they do with it. Early next year, it's a right, I mean, When I looked at it first, year. I thought they're, they're see- seeking a vehicle for Millie Bobby Brown, really. But it sounds like the, the book is really the... It, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's a combination if of you two get it, then. It, yeah. it, 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 it's just, it's, it's mind-bending, the book yeah. is. It's really, really good. And it's amazing how when it was written how prescient it is of, of times now it's it's which I love when that happens yeah. it's incredible yeah but Millie Bobby Brown is a big player for Netflix as well like obviously you said Stranger Things yeah. and Enola Holmes like that's getting a sequel as well so she's definitely in I liked that yeah I haven't seen yeah. it but I, that's it getting a sequel family. though very so. good okay Add it to my list. And Stranger Things has... has oh, I'm desperately trying to avoid she spoilers. Charming in, she in, was. She was super charming in that. I, yeah. I, I, I was kind of surprised by the way she was. She was like a sort of a Robert Downey, a female Robert Downey Jr. in yeah. that, in the way mm. she kept breaking the, uh, breaking the, the yeah. camera yeah, and stuff. She was really fantastic. Good. Yeah. I'm a really big fan of her in Stranger Things. Yeah, so she's I, really I'm good. sure I like it. Stranger Things has made Kate Bush famous all over again for that reason alone. We love it. Yeah. You know. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the youngest and oldest female UK artist to have a number one. That's her. 1965. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And my kids have said, have you ever heard of Kate Bush? <laughs> <laughs> Tom's like, go to your room. Don't ever think to me again. That's all I ever wanted in life. Amazing. <laughs> Step this way. Um, beautiful. A question for you. Uh, listeners saying, very few horrors around this year. Is the horror season about to come or are horrors just very lacking at the moment? I think it's... It's weird, like the last few horrors that I watched, in particular, like one like the Babadook and stuff like that, or yep. you know, or It Follows. They were sort of they all seem to kind of go backwards a little bit in that they, uh, that they uh, you know they're almost kind of going back in time slightly. And I haven't and there's a, a bit of a gap in sort of modern day horror, so to speak, you know. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what people do next. But this one is definitely set in the seventies again, so it's a kind of a slightly slower um, build. And they're not the jump scare horrors that you people associate with horrors. They're more of a, a building of dread. And That's the thing. I, anxiety. I'd lo- yeah, yeah. I, I would welcome to go. Yeah. We had, um, I had a, the fifteen-year-old uh, was my fifteen-year-old was, was with me just for one night. Um, the other two were away, and she wants to can we watch a horror movie? Yeah, and we didn't manage to find one. Yeah. You know, it seemed to be either slasher ones, which yeah, we weren't really not, in. not into. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but I wanted was that building of dread exactly. Well, as that's, you say. It, that's it, right? So I mean, it's like you know the original Jaws. I was what I loved about Jaws dread. back in the day. It's dread more than yeah. anything else. I mean, the actual shark itself isn't really that terrifying, mm. but the music. The, the the not knowing what's beneath you know that yeah. all of those things are terrifying and that's what I will get around to talking about this is that like building of right. something's not right uh, well something's going to be very right now because we're going to have our first beer Dean <laughs> <laughs> so we're starting with the collaboration beers so this is brewed by Bitburger who are well known they would be uh, the brewery that in the past have sponsored the German national team uh, it's the number one draft beer in uh, Germany and they would be known for their uh, Pilsners so when Pilsners originally uh, were um, developed in the Czech Republic the Germans copied uh, the Pilsner and it was first copied in Bitburg so Bitburg Burger was kind of the original German pilsner. They have teamed up with Deschutes, which is a West US craft brewery. Uh, so they're based in Bend in Oregon on the west uh, western side of the US. And they've come together and both breweries have brought uh, a bit of their own culture into the beer. So you've got the kind of traditional Schwickel style from, um, from Bitburger. And then uh, in their contribution to the collaboration, uh, Deschutes have um, 
adapted the style to make it a dry hopped style. So we have some hops that are added in late in the process and you get an amount of fruitiness from the hops. So it's uh, citrus, tangerine, blood orange, uh, lemon lime. That's sitting very much on top a caramel uh, malt biscuit uh, type flavour. Nicely balanced. Uh, There's a a nice amount of bitterness to balance the sweetness of the beer. So it makes it incredibly drinkable and a little bit fuller bodied than your normal German lager. You've got more um, substance left in the beer because it's an unfiltered beer that has been effectively packaged directly from the tank. I have to say my initial reaction is it's glorious. It is a beautiful beer. I I did a double take after I tasted (laughs) it. Wow. Yeah, the the breweries involved in this really are breweries at the top of their game. Uh, Deschutes is a brewery that wouldn't be as well known in uh, Ireland because their beers haven't made it over here as much. Um, But the previous collaboration that Bitburger did was with Sierra Nevada which would be a, a better known brewery from uh, California but Deschutes and Sierra Nevada would be of a similar sta- stature in the US. Uh, now the style, basically all beers are brewed in a similar way up until about two thirds of the, w- the way through the process so they uh, crush grains, mix it with hot water, get a sugary liquid boil it, add hops uh, cool it down and then ferment it and then what makes uh, different beers different after that point is what happens after that. So um, if you watch Coronation Street, you'll see cask condition beers, where yeah. they pull beer with the engine. Uh, what's happening there is the process after fermentation is happening in the cask in the brewery cellar. Uh, with some Belgian beers, they're described as re-fermented in the bottle. So that conditioning process happens in the bottle. Uh, some yeast in the bottle uh, is, is left in the bottle and the, the bottle of beer is brought into a warm room where it stays for about three, four weeks. And that conditioning process happens right. after the beer has been Do packaged. Do they have to sell it then at that point? Like, it, would, would, would that, you know, if you have it and it's developing in the bottle, would that have a peak period where you have to sell it by? Or? With a cask conditioned beer, you're usually looking at about two weeks after it has been conditioned. With bottle conditioned beers, it can improve um, for, well, improve, it can change. Um, like, for example, uh, Delirium Tremens is a bottle conditioned beer. And Great the, name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's 8.5% as well. Um, a sippy drink. The, yeah, yeah. The, the brewer of that feels that uh, they put about a two and a half year best before date on it. Okay. But he feels that it is at best condition at around uh, 16 to 18 months. Uh, nice. So he feels it improves then and then uh, kind of uh, is noticeable. So are that. you saying the beers on Coronation Street will be quite good beers? They, they do great beers, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of... Uh, you wouldn't re- expect that. Really well-known <laughs> <laughs> breweries around. I, I like... I, I, anytime I'm watching a soap opera, I try to have it, like squint my eyes and see what's on the tab because they usually try to, to make it a bit authentic and have something interesting there. Right. I never would have thought that. I, I, have, a, I have a low opinion based on I don't know what of what they've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there are some bad beers in, in, in the UK as well. Oh, you yes. can come across some some yes. wonderfully interesting. Send that beers. back; it's not warm enough. But, yeah, and, and <laughs> in in the seventies, eighties, there was a horrible thing. There was a, there was a style of beer that was hugely popular in the UK called mild in the fifties and sixties. It was, was featured in Sherwood a lot. I don't know if you got to see Sherwood. You've <laughs> <laughs> the number of yeah. pints of mild on that. But the the problem with mild is that uh, the cask that um, cask conditioned beer comes in. Um, isn't a pressurised cask.
cask. You can just take the cork out and, and get straight into the cask. And unfortunately, when you mix every bit of slops that are left in a pub, the colour of it looks unusually like a mild. Uh, so I'm not saying that pubs were no. recycling beer, but they were environmentally friendly before their time. Well, this one's delicious. <laughs> is this uh, readily available? Is it hard it's, to get? Yeah, it's, it's a limited edition beer, so it is just on the market and uh, will be around for the next few months, but they're just doing it as a once-off brew. So um, it is, yeah, and if you're um, basically in the, the specialist off-licenses, so um, oh, Bradley's in Cork would have it, uh, Redmond's in, in Dublin. Have you uh, tried yours? I have. I, exactly as Arlene said before we came on air, like just so summery, so summery and so bright and just oh, yeah. so delish. Love all, it. All we need now is summer. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, what film would you like to go to after the break, Arlene? Um, I think we'll go with the Marvel, the Doctor, Doctor Strange. I think that's probably the, 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 the bigger of the movie, so we'll go okay. with that. Okay, Doctor Strange. If you knew there was a universe where you were happy, wouldn't you want to go there? I am happy. I know better than most what self-deception looks like. What you're doing is a flagrant violation of every natural law. And if you take that child's power, she won't survive. I don't relish hurting anyone, Stephen. Well, you can kiss the lunchbox goodbye, because that's the kind of justification our enemies use. Is it the one you used? When you gave Thanos the time stone? Well, there's a lot going on there. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Arlene. He's having a row right there with, with uh, Scarlet Witch, which um, if you're a big fan of Marvel, you'll be a big fan of her and you'll probably have watched the TV series, um, you know, uh, WandaVision. Uh, what yeah. she's referencing there is, as in so this is a big problem for me with, with some of the Marvel movies. If you're not a Marvel fan and you haven't been following along to the various Marvel histories and, and films, it's it's hard to come to a film like this as a standalone because there's been a lot of stuff going on that will make you go, I don't really know what that's about. Um, so essentially, uh, in, in this movie, Doctor Strange has been having dreams and in his dreams he sees this girl that he doesn't recognise and has no concept of who she might be or anything else, but he wakes up in, in, a, in a, a lather every single time he dreams about her. And then he goes to the wedding of Dr. Christine Palmer and, and played by Rachel uh, McAdams and she would have been in the original Dr. Strange she was his sort of first love um, but now she's obviously marrying somebody else so it's interesting when she says are you happy and he says oh I'm happy when he's clearly not because he clearly still has a, a bit of a, a girl for her um, and in the middle of this wedding there's a kerfuffle outside on the, on the streets of New York which is it's actually quite funny the, the opening is, is great fun where when he garbs up in his Doctor Strange outfit and goes down to find out what the heck's going on there's a and <laughs> there's a Cyclops octopus <laughs> of course bu- yeah. of course showing the buses around <laughs> and blocking the traffic and all the New Yorkers are getting really mad and beeping because, you know, yeah. the, the worst part is it's holding up the traffic. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you it are. What you're you holding are. up the traffic. <laughs> Bloody Cyclops yeah, again. Cyclops Octopus from a different realm, from a different dimension. I should point out it's from a different dimension. So he goes in and, he, and obviously this, this, this monster is after a girl and the girl is then introduced as a character, America Chavez. And so this is a new character introduced into the Marvel, you know, team. Uh, she's very young. She's only a teenager and she has has enormous power and she's able to jump through the multi the multiverse. She's able to jump from one dimension to another dimension. Unfortunately for America, the girl America and also New York, but she has no control over her powers and only really jumps when she's terrified or she's absolutely frightened. So Doctor uh, Strange goes to save her, gets knocked out by a tentacle. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can tell Cyclops made quite the impression oh, on you. It was quite something. And then it falls to Wong, who's you know he's uh, one of his sort of uh, main characters from the Doctor Strange movies, who appears via another dimensional portal and then fights up the octopus. When he's lasting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the impression you're not taking this seriously. <laughs> oh, Superheroes like him are still resorting to ropes. Okay, that's. It's only when you say that. <laughs> Surrounding yourself. Um, <laughs> so all three things are going wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the dimensions yeah. are getting crisscrossed over. Yeah. And so he goes, he has he wants to save this girl <laughs> from other sea creatures, I suppose, <laughs> and things. So he uh, goes to, to sorry, he goes to uh, see the Scarlet Witch, but you know, he goes to see the Scarlet Witch as as herself. And uh, as Wanda uh, for help, but as it turns out, it's actually Wanda as the Scarlet Witch who is behind this interdimensional uh, travel because she wants to get get hold of this girl because she wants to use this girl's power to get back to the world that she had in WandaVision where she had children. She really, really wants to get back to her children, even though she created these children more or less by magic. But that's right. that, they're on a different dimension, and she wakes up every day and she thinks about these children every day, and so she wants to get back there, yeah. and she will pretty much do everything in her power, which of which she has a lot to get back to her children and she'll absorb all of America's powers to do so. So so here we are. That's quite a predicament. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine trying to sell that storyline to an executive in oh. Hollywood. I have an idea for a film. <laughs> we need an octopus. No, hear me out. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, quite. Yes, so that's, the so that's, that's the beginning. Oh, and uh, so you imagine it, it all then gets very. Over the next two hours <laughs> and six minutes. <laughs> what happens next? Um, and, and what a cast. Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, <laughs> Yolanda's name I can't pronounce, Rachel McAdams, Benedict Wong. God, yeah. it's just. You know, it's a terrific cast. And then, yeah. and for um, uh, Marvel fans, the arrival of the Illuminati halfway through, well, two thirds of the way through the movie is going to be a big, a big thing because it's yeah. going to be a big for the fan base in particular. It's going to be huge because you have some serious, serious names in that. I'm not going to give it away because I, I don't want to give away the who's arriving, right. but they are from all aspects of Marvel. That, and that's part in. of the attraction, though, is it for those who buy into the Marvel universe? Ah, well, absolutely, hundred percent. It's like seeing your favorite footballer come on for for like you know a walk-on team. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, Ryan Giggs isn't like that. Probably not, Ryan, not Giggs Ryan Giggs anymore yeah. these days. Um, <laughs> I can't think of anyone from United anymore. Those days are gone. <laughs> yeah, but like Dennis Burkham coming out to play okay, for the team. Okay, yeah, we're so, really going yeah. back in time now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you can have an octopus, you can have Dennis Burkham. That's absolutely. all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, uh, and so that, when that arrives and when the Illuminati arrives in, because obviously at this point Strange is, is, you know, he's running out of ideas because the whole point about the Scarlet Witch is the Scarlet Witch has always been one of the most powerful characters uh, in, the, in, the, in the Marvel series. Yeah. And so if if she's going up against you, you are going to need all the help you can get to stop her. Right. All the help you can get to stop her, if you can stop her. Right. I suppose I have to ask you the, the $64,000 question. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> uh, now, <laughs> here's the thing about Marvel movies. I don't mind watching a Marvel movie because I'm, I'm almost capable of suspending my belief to a degree. You know, but then they're, they're and I don't mean any disrespect to Marvel fans, but they're plot holes in this that you could drive an octopus through <laughs> you literally could 
And it's, there's a lot of questions that, and, and certain car- characters do certain things that leave you scratching your head going, but why did you do this? You knew what the outcome of this would be. It's, you know, so you have to kind of suspend your belief a little bit. Um, I would have loved to have seen more of the, the universes because they're thrown through the universe yeah. at one point and you can actually see how each universe is completely different from the universe that went before it and there's some really kind of very cool ones but you only get to spend time in two universes yeah. and that's a shame because the multiverse is the, the kind of the catch mm. for this. Um, whereas in the recent film Everything Everywhere All at Once you know you got to spend time in the different universes and it, that's what makes it so powerful whereas yeah. this is kind of like well the, the, the multiverse exists but you're not going to see it you're just going to yeah. skim through it so I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of that because that would have been fun to watch yeah. but Sounds you know like Doctor you Strange it, yeah well you know I can do that I can suspend my belief like Doctor Strange at one point gets to fight against evil Doctor Strange and that's so much fun like evil evil you against evil not evil you I mean that must be fun to do right takes part every day inside <laughs> me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it, it's good. It's good fun. Look, it, it, you go expecting it to be a Marvel film, and it is. That's, a, that's probably the best way to describe well, it. It's, it's going to take a billion again. Though, of course, it is. Without question. Vanilla news too, I believe, of Cameron Diaz. I, She's I coming out of retirement. I didn't even realize she was retired. She, okay. she, when did she call it a day? So it was actually her last role was 2014, the Annie remake. I, I remember that. Do you yeah, remember we, that? We've watched that? You're yeah. probably one of the only people that does to be honest it was yeah it was like Willow Smith and I don't actually think I ended up watching it in the end but it was and Jamie Foxx was like the daddy Warbucks character Um, I'm surprised this isn't like the minute this news broke like people were losing their mind like the gays have been calling for this since she retired to be honest they were like just get her back in movies ASAP and now she is in the world is healing apparently she was actually off doing she has like a wine business uh, called Aveline. I've never tried it. I have no idea if it's any good. I'm sure someone will text in and say otherwise. Um, that's what she's kind of been pre- like d- doing with her time in the meantime. But yeah, she signed on to do this new film with Jamie Foxx again. It's called Back in Action. I think it's a Netflix one again and it's they're trying to keep the storyline as under wraps as much as possible. But it's going to be like action comedy which is very much like her bag. Right. Um, I'm still a so bit yeah. amazed why she retired. Um, I think there was a bit of, she's done loads of interviews about it. And like she obviously got married and I think she was just a bit like fatigued from it all. And yeah. I think just, it wasn't a case of, it wasn't really anything nefarious or like, but I think she was just a bit disillusioned with the industry in general and like doing that work and wanted to come back for the right role probably the right money as well I would say more so than anything else but yeah we'll see like as I said this is very much she was cast as a kind of evil uh, person in in that was she Mrs Hannigan in Annie in the remake she was the one who minded the kids she she took there was the evil person who was minding the kids not feeding them properly right okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I thought it was an odd role for her yeah because that's not what she usually does it's like very uh, the rom coms, like yeah. she did Vanilla Sky. But she did Bad Teacher though as well. Bad Teacher as well, which yeah. I enjoyed very much. Yeah. But even then, you're kind of still. She's not really like an antagonist, and that you are still yeah. kind of rooting for, her, even though she's like you wouldn't want to be friends with her. You know what I mean? It's a good movie. Um, so yeah, that'll be coming out. Good I, stuff. They haven't said when production is going to start. She's still only forty nine as well. Yeah, so she'd have to decide very early. She's a whippersnapper. Yeah, it's from uh, the guys. It's from Seth Gordon who did Harbour Bosses, which is one of my the sequel, not so much, but the first Harbour Bosses is. Like one of the best, like is it really? Yeah. Uh, like rom coms of all time, yeah. Maybe it's less rom, more calm, but yeah. it's very, very good. It's I'll very, very good. Yeah. the weekend. There Great you go. stuff. Excellent. Um, I have to ask you again about the first beer and um, the name of it, and maybe where it can be bought. Bitburger uh, Dry Hopped Schwickel.
And uh, if you're in Dublin, uh, specialty off-licences, so uh, Redmond's in Ranelagh, uh, Martin's in Fairview, um, McHugh's in Malahide and Kilbarrick would be great places. Online, uh, it will be uh, on uh, thebeerclub.ie in Cork, Bradley's, um, the um, Madsons in Grange. Uh, so, yep. Very good. Um, if you're looking for a good horror movie, check out Midsummer. It's absolutely insane. Have you seen Midsummer? Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah. It's very, very good. Good. Uh, Marvel is everywhere. I miss. We just had movies. I think that's a fair comment. Yeah. I feel like we're getting to that point with it, though. Like, I feel like there is not, not a backlash is too strong a word, but I feel like there is like this growing thing of like, can we not have other movies and well, stories there's, there's, and not? There's Marvel. been issues with people saying that you know it's it's hard to find crew and crew mm. uh, and crew members and stuff because the Marvel Marvel universe takes up so many you know. Uh, grip people and, yeah. and, and sound people and, and C- CGI people and yeah. you know the money's there for it mm. so people are going to naturally going to go where they're going to get the, the higher end of, of payment and so for indie films and stuff like that it's more and more difficult or for smaller budgets it's more and more difficult to get you know to get a yeah. crew assembled it takes all the asses doesn't yeah. it yeah. Uh, we're going to have a quick break and we're back with one more beer one more movie and more news after this very good and congratulations to Anita. Um, brilliant. I was I was in the bank this morning and there was an older kind of uh, elderly couple and they were filling in a deposit slip and they said this amount won't fit if you write it out in words. They'd won they'd won money in, in a lottery or something and they were into the bank to cash to check and lodge it. Happy Friday to them. Happy Friday. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to hear the event. <laughs> but the bank said, have a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, speaking of glass of wine, glass of beer time. But beer number two. Yep. So beer number two is Einger Keller beer. So this is brewed by Einger Brewery, which is based in the t- town of Eying in uh, southern Bavaria, just south of Munich. Uh, now, this is a more traditional Keller beer. Uh, so uh, with the first one, it was dry hopped. That was kind of the American influence being brought into it. And it was dry hopped with American hops. With this, the hops are uh, German noble hops, bring a slightly herbal character. But the main flavours in it is a more malty beer. So kind of a sweet wheat cracker, digestive biscuit type flavour. And then um, much more subtle uh, fruit flavours, but um, uh, an amount of fruit flavour, ripe banana, melon, um, uh, fruit flavours coming through as well. Very well balanced, very easy to drink. Both of the beers are four point nine percent ABV. So, uh, for in relative to some of the beers that I bring in, they're at a respectable uh, level of, of alcohol content. Four point three percent is about the norm for uh, mainstream beers in Ireland. Um, but yeah, and with this one, uh, a brighter gold colour. So the uh, first beer was a, a bit richer in colour, and that richer colour uh, kind of belies the malt flavours. So it was a bit more caramel biscuit. This is a little bit more kind of wheat cracker. Yeah. Um, uh, hey. Flavors. This is about close to what I'd normally drink, but um, I much prefer the first one. <laughs> the first is more complex. Yeah. I just really got your time. I mean, this is lovely, absolutely lovely. Yeah, but the yeah. first one was standout. What did you think yourself? I think the new? first one was my favorite as well. But I think that's personal taste as opposed to any reflection on this yeah, lovely beer. Yeah. Definitely, Arlene. Do you, I think I'd go with the first one as well. I think yeah. I, I would choose the first one over. Although I like the second one as well. I think yeah. it'd be lovely with like a fish or something like that on a, on a warm day. It'd be lovely. But the first one I would, I would take. First one's a winner, Dean. Yeah. <laughs> Very straight. <laughs> no question. About 
about that. Both crate and they're both that's available as well. Again, readily available off licenses. Yeah. yeah um, uh, so these would be they're, they're quite unusual styles. Uh, it's uh, when you look at the uh, diversity of styles that are out there. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of IPAs now. There's a lot of pale ales. Um, and then as you go to slightly more unusual styles, the the specialist off licenses tend to have better range uh, because they, yeah. they obviously have more beers on the shelves. Well, they're really delicious if the summer ever comes. It's a beautiful beer to drink during the <laughs> summer. Um, I see also, before we go to our second movie, Dakota uh, Johnson talking out about Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. God, it sounds like it was a nightmare of a yeah, production. I do, she's done this kind of big interview. This I think it's Vanity Fair and she kind of talked about it at length and I just always found it very interesting because as much as I like the movies, whatever they were, whatever, but I always found like the discussion around the movies interesting. You know, the fact that like do her and Jamie Dornan hate each other, like they're, they hate promoting this movie, whatever, especially when it came to the third one, like they just be on the red carpets and just like any interviews, it was just seemed like the pained expressions on their faces. But she's basically said, well, first of all, she said like any rumours of them not getting on weren't true. But she's kind of said that I think, you know, the frustration for them was they had a different idea of the movie they wanted to make. And she kind of threw the author under the bus, the author of the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy. E.L. James. Yeah. So she basically said that there was like a totally other script written that they were like much happier with and was kind of much more dimensional, whatever else. But she basically said that, you know, like she was very strict on what went into the movie. So, like, for anyone who's read the books, like, you know, Anastasia has this, like, inner monologue and that features throughout the movies a lot. Dakota thought that was so naff that it didn't translate on screen, but, like, E.L. James was like, this has to be in it. Um, And, like, kind of then, herself, Dornan, and whoever else was involved, they were trying to, like, kind of re-engineer it behind the scenes where like they would take the old script and try and bring in lines from it to the new script so that it was more like whatever and more the direction they wanted. It sounds like it's the interview is well worth the read because she does not hold back at all which is one thing I love about her as well um, she says she does regret it though she 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 refers to them as what she refers to them as the big naked movies she never calls them the <laughs> shades by name which I find very funny as well she says she doesn't regret it but she like she describes the time as psychotic is the word she uses so it just seemed like very 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 difficult now I will say as much as they want to say it was a different script it could have been so much better like the source material they were working from I'm not really sure like I don't ever think it was going to be Oscar worthy but like I'll take like Jamie Dornan and her they're both so good like I feel like they I I trust them that there was a better movie in it and it just we never got to see it unfortunately it really sounds like it was hell on earth so I Um, mean one script which they like which is Scraft and then a second script they don't like they're trying to bring two scripts yeah literally like under the cover of darkness trying to, trying to work to on direct it that. oh totally yeah a mess like you can understand why Charlie Hunnam was like yeah. bye I'm yeah. not Christian anymore I can't do this so God what yeah. a story um, and E.L. James haunting their every move mm. so we're on to our second film we'll take a quick clip from it will we yep yep I know you're scared and you want to go home I'll take you home soon Sister, I gotta be upstairs for a while. Something's come up. What? Never mind what. Someone's coming. I'll scream. If someone's upstairs, they'll hear me. With the door shut, no one can hear anything down here. I soundproofed it myself. So shout if you like, you won't bother anyone. If you try to touch me, I'll scratch your face. And whoever's coming will see and ask why. This face? 
Wow, is that Ethan Hawke? It certainly is. Scary. By golly, is it Ethan Hawke? And he's very, very good in this as the grabber. He is totally unhinged. It's fantastic. I love when uh, generally straight-laced actors just go off on this kind of different mind-boggling adventure which he clearly is having in this. Um, so, so okay, so The Black Phone, it's set in the late 1970s, 1978, um, and it centres around a very small town in Denver, around a character called Finney Shaw, who's a very shy, sensitive teenager, just trying to make it through the day in high school. He gets bullied relentlessly by this shower of thugs. Um, he comes from a very complicated home life. His mother has died by suicide a few years before that. His dad is obviously struggling with the the loss of his wife and and the mother of his children. So he drinks quite a lot. And the dad is played by uh, Jeremy Davis, who's, as I said earlier on, was Dewey Crow in Justified. A lot of people would know him. He's a very good character actor. Um, He's extremely close to his sister, Gwen, uh, who's a a few years younger than him. But she's the opposite of what he is. As shy and sensitive as he is, she's fierce and feisty and aggressive and she's more his protector than the other way around. Mm. Um, but she, very, very quickly on you realise that, that that something's happening in this small town and this is what I love about this. This is proper old school small town. Like these kids don't have mobile phones, they don't have curfews, they mm. go around in their little bikes, you know, the, the long, you know, the old bikes with the long saddle yeah. and the Schwins and all that. Choppers and Schwins. Um, uh, and but something's happening. There are children going missing on a regular basis. And unfortunately for Finney, uh, one of the, the boys who goes missing is a boy called Robin. And Robin is obsessed with Bruce Lee and, you know, all the martial arts at the time. And he's gone to see, you know, the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he is one of the few kids in the school that has stood for Finney a few times and really has kicked the tar out of the, the bullies and said to him, leave, leave him alone. And he does this in lieu of, you know, getting some extra math lessons from Finney and stuff like that. But he's one of the kids that goes missing. And when he goes missing, all bets are off for Finney because he has no protector at all mm. at that point, apart from his little sister. Um, and it's really interesting how this is built up. Like I, what I spoke about earlier on, you know, that feeling of dread because these kids don't go to their parents for help. They don't talk to their parents or their, their teachers and, and, and nobody seems to have any idea like what's happening. They know kids are going missing. So the kids end up on the, you know, the, the, the side of the, on these posters or on, this, on cartons of milk and stuff like that. But there's no solid police force that can kind of go, well, let's, let's break this down. Let's break down, um, you know, forensics. Let's do this. You know, methodically it's just like well, well, well he went missing in this area and the only thing that links the the, the missing children is uh, black balloons found near near or at the scene and so the kids of course being inventive and being kids they all come up with this guy and he's called the grabber that's his name the grabber because you know you're there one minute you're gone the next mm-hmm. and you know they're even ch- saying things to each other like you know if you talk about him or if you bring him up or if you mention his name he, that's what brings him to you because they're kids and they have no way of 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 dealing with the, the the trauma and the horror of what's happening to all their little classmates going missing and um, anyway so as it, as it goes on things are more di- more difficult for Finney and then unfortunately for Finney and again not a spoiler alert because the whole movie is about this Finney is grabbed by the grabber had to happen had to happen was so inevitable he's in the clutches of evil Ethan Evil Ethan. Very evil Ethan the best Ethan <laughs> yeah the best Ethan evil Ethan is great <laughs> he's like he's you know, he there's not a lot like in a lesser person like this wouldn't really have worked. But he's everything about him is manifestly evil. His body language is evil, and all the way through the through the the show, he wears this mask. And sometimes it's horned, and sometimes it's not. But it's always with that kind of rictus smile. Yeah. And cl- I'm sorry, clowns are terrifying. Absolutely, I am afraid of clowns. Yeah, I don't yeah. like. I don't get clowns Everyone in things. Knows that. I don't, 
you know and and so he has this kind of wooden kind of clown mask or he- heavy plastic clown mask a lot of the way through it and it's and he changes. You can hear it in that clip. His voice changes yeah. from from certain things. Like he, if he's a little bit confused about something, his voice is softer. But as soon as he switches back over into character, his voice drops about five octaves, and it's very, very gravelly, and it's really quite frightening. And so he's very unpredictable, and he lies. He lies constantly. He might say, you know, if you if you do this for me, maybe I'll let you go. And that kind of thing, mm-hmm. adding hope to a situation, a hopeless situation, is one of the heart, most heartbreaking things you can do to a child. You know, if you feed them yeah. any kind of line of hope or any ch- little chink in the horror that they're going through that maybe if they do one thing for you maybe you'll get away and uh, this is a kid who's come from no hope you know he doesn't have anyone or he's, he's always been afraid there's a brilliant scene earlier on in the movie where he's watching you know the old Hammer movies yeah Remember the Hammer House After of Horror? Hammer Horror yeah. slash movies, yes. And he's afraid of them, even though it's it, the the scene that he's clutching his hand, ha- he puts his mouth, his hand over his mouth with fright. It's this really gloopy blood, which is clearly fake, you know. And it, that's the kind of kid he mm. is. Like everything is, he's so sensitive that he's really picking up on everything around him. So when real horror happens. What happens? What's he going to do? What's, what, do? what's the story in the black phone? What, what's right? So in the cellar where he's brought, he's brought the grabber brings him and he puts him in. The, like as we hear in the clip in the yeah. cellar, you know, he soundproofed it himself. But there's a single black old dial-up phone on the wall, and the uh, grabber says to him, "Listen, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, sometimes it might sound like it's about to ring, but it's just the old electrics in the house and sure. stuff like that. But the phone does work and it rings. But the whole question is then." Who's making the calls? Why are they calling? And what's going to happen with these calls? Sounds great. Sounds great. My dread, dread, is dread at hundred percent. Dread, is and it sounds good. very kind of old-fashioned too. It is. And while the, this is really funny, and and uh, while I was watching it, I kept thinking to myself, this is reminds me of you know the build-up in it, or the build-up yeah. in Carrie, you know, or, or Salem's Lot, where the kids are, are uh, the kids are the ones who notice things are wrong. And they sense that things are wrong and they sense there's nothing they can do about it and that the adults are powerless to help them. So there must be something they can do. And I got off uh, my computer and I was thinking, that's really interesting. It really reminds me of Stephen King. And I looked it up and it turns out the the black phone is based on a short story by Joe King, who's Stephen King's son. Stephen King's son. So it makes perfect sense. The evil apple fell from the horror tree. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect sense. It doesn't skip a generation of like a music. No, indeed not. But that's, that's what's so amazing about it. That old school build of dread you know one thing on top of another you know kids on their bikes cycling along these kind of old yeah, streets chain link fences everywhere you know pulled curtain everything's got curtains there's no like bright open spaces everything's closed in it's 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 really good that's in cinemas now is it it is in cinemas yeah we've gone through that phase of where it goes on to Netflix first and all that kind of this thing is in we're cinemas. back to normal this now, is in, and it's good it's good because you know when you're in the basement it's, it's very dark and it actually works very very well in cinema because it's it, you almost feel slightly uh, overwhelmed by it. Oh, that sounds absolutely great. Uh, I hope Sean gets to see that. You haven't seen uh, Elvis yet, I believe. No, I'm, I haven't seen Elvis yet. I believe it's very good. Um, I I think I'd like to go maybe see it somewhere like the Stella or something like that so I can get in the whole immersive yeah. immersive, you know, velvet and music and rock and roll. Why not? I hope it do the same. Um, thank you very much for that. Lovely seeing you all running out of time, sadly, for uh, Movies and Booze. I uh, just want to remind people again, uh, Movies, uh, Movies and Booze on the road next week want you to join us. Sean will be broadcasting from the Sugar Club on Dublin's Leith Street next Friday, July the 8th with lots of live music, great guests and of course the panel of connoisseurs. There's no better way to get your weekend going than an afternoon of crack and entertainment. Tickets are free but you need to register to get your place. There's limited seating. The events will sell out fast. So go to newstalk.com forward slash events to register. That is it for today. Dean, Fanula, Arlene, thank you very much um, to all of the team. You, you haven't given me a running order. That's gone. So like, I can't thank any of you because you know I have no memory. So um, 
Thank you very much. See you again. Movies and booze on Moncrief on News Talk.